0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to episode nine. That's right, we're one away from the double digits of the Wisconsin Speech and Debate Speaking Hour. I'm your host, Brandon Pudwell, and boy, oh boy, do we have a fun-filled episode today with the typical topics. Uh, I have a fantastic guest across from me, ready to be interviewed about who he is uh, in the typical sorts of ways that we've been doing here. And uh, we're going to be discussing a debate motion as we have been in previous weeks. This is actually another one that, if I recall, it did come from the previous tournament, or at least a, a prior tournament, but was one that uh, this past week I actually could have debated, because I did indeed debate at our practice um, in this half room. This is going to be, this house would legalize duels. Uh, before we get any further on this, I want to I want to do better on this disclaimer instead of saying it when one of us inevitably says something that could be construed in a negative fashion. <laughs> the uh, opinions expressed on this show are purely those of our own, uh, and they don't necessarily reflect those of the Wisconsin Speech and Debate Society, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, or its Board of Regents, and they're in the context of a hypothetical debate. Anyways, they're not necessarily our opinions! Ha <laughs> uh, With that all said, I'd like to introduce my guest today which is zach welcome to the show yeah thank you for having me so of course we we have to ask you a bunch of a bunch of questions i want to get to get to know you this is going to be a little bit different because you've actually been with us for a few years i've had some newer students on the last few weeks so why don't you why don't you tell me a little bit about your history with debate whether it's here or before you entered the collegiate scene
1: Oh, I realized I could have had already a good dual pun asking you to shoot uh, with the questions. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've i been debating for a while. Um, I'm a sophomore here at Madison. Uh, I basically joined our, uh, our collegiate debate club immediately when I was a freshman. So, I've been here for over a year and a half now. Uh, before that, in high school, I debated public forum debate, uh, which is – it's – Similar and different than the the British parliamentary style we do, but like there's a lot of similarities and a lot of the skills transfer over. Uh, I did that for all four years of high school. I also still coach a little bit. I coach public forum for high schoolers as well, but I don't I don't compete at it anymore. I just compete in, uh, in British parliamentary here at Madison. So
0: I don't know anything about public forum. Maybe some of our listeners would like to know about it. So could you give maybe give me a brief crash course of what that's like.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's rapidly become the most like popular um debate format for high schoolers. It used to be like policy and Lincoln-Douglas. Now it's it's like public forum has as basically as much as all the other formats combined. And it's fairly similar like we get topics that are similar to kind of British parliamentary motions, but most of them are oriented around public policy. So Foreign policy, economics, education policy, you know, a lot of sometimes they're domestic, sometimes they're international, like the one that's coming up is going to be about like Chinese state owned corporations, but a wide range of them and they switch every one to two months. So there's like, usually six to eight in a year. So it sounds like
0: there's a lot more preparation than you get in a typical BP round. Yes, uh-huh.
1: you're, you're expected to cite a lot of evidence and, you know, do a lot. A lot it's, it's much, that's the biggest difference. It's much more research intensive. Uh, so, like, over the course of, of, a, of a month or two, you'll compile these long files of evidence that are, like, sometimes hundreds of pages um, for a team. That's, that's the biggest difference. But as far as the actual speaking and debating goes, the the content is is relatively similar like you it's nothing nothing too far out there so do you do the similar sort of you go across from
0: each team or or how does that Um, does that it's play there,
1: it's just it's i honestly the format is a little easier to understand than british parliamentary it's just two teams one is for the resolution one is against it it's called a resolution not a motion but again they're very similar like even worded wise um they'll like specify an actor and everything but yeah, you, you just kind of go back and forth in between speeches. they the speech times are symmetrical. They're a little different. They're shorter speeches, and the rounds are usually only like forty five minutes as opposed to a little over an hour. But again, a lot of the a lot of the differences, like the content of the speeches and the delivery, is is fairly similar. Like judges will expect kind of the same things of debaters, and debaters kind of make similar arguments that they would make. And if like if you transpose the the public forum motion to a British parliamentary round. You'd probably hear a lot of the same things being said,
0: just without the specific. Well, so and so from this article. Yeah, says...
1: exactly. It's I, well, you'd hope that the intuitive arguments you're making with your evidence would also just be intuitive. So I've I found that that it works pretty well when I'm. Well, sometimes I'll take an argument I made back in high school, like four years ago, and be like, I bet I can kind of use this on this motion, just without the without the. Repeated citing of the New York Times.
0: Right, right, right. So then, would you say the transition into what we're doing was pretty easy for you, or were there some some hiccups along the it way? It took
1: it took me a while. I think some of it was the longer speech times. Like I wasn't exactly sure what to be doing with all this because I was used. I was used to I. And the way it works is you're with a partner in public forum as well. So I gave like very specifically one speech, and I got really good at it. It would be the equivalent of kind of like a whip speech, um, in British parliamentary, but. Uh, and then, like, transitioning to British Parliamentary, the speech times were more than twice the length of what I was used to. And also, judges expect kind of a different... So, some, like, sometimes stylistically a little different, but also just different kinds of arguments. And the biggest thing was I was not prepared at all when I first started doing BP for the philosophical motions and the kind of more, like, you know, the less... The, the more normative judgments. Less, less, like, you know, should the U.S. do this tax policy? As opposed to, like, you know... How should we, like, handle children's literature? Like, that that was a—that was the biggest shock for me. It's like, I don't know what I'm doing on these motions. So that one took me a while.
0: So you think you would have had trouble with the topic that Aaliyah and I covered last week? This house would not have children?
1: See, I think, okay, I have more opinions on that one. And I think there are, I think that one can, can kind of, you can make some more intuitive arguments. But the ones that are very, like, f- specifically the philosophy ones, initially, like, I got, I remember... In fall of my freshman year, I debated a philosophy motion, and I was just like, I don't know what kind of arguments to make. I don't know how to, like, like even structure them, because I'm like, I, this thing is good. Here's why it's good. Like, do I need to, like, cite a philosopher? I I was just very confused, and then I kind of eventually got my footing on that, but it took a long uh, adjustment.
0: Do you remember the, what the motion specifically oh, was?
1: No, I don't think so. I think it was something about, like, ethics, Compa- like what? I think it was like an ethical scenario. It had an info slide, and then was it was like, what would you do in this like scenario? Like, or it was defend one of the actions. It was, it was I think it was something like trolley problem ask, but not. I don't remember the exact like circumstances of it.
0: Okay, okay. Um, what about? Uh, so it sounds like your familiarity is entirely from the debate side of the equation. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I I never really got into speech or forensics.
0: Yeah, see, that's been the fun thing for me is because I came from the forensics side, and then in the way that I joined this, it just, well, in the first year, I don't know how much of the forensics we had planned at that point, uh, but it also just kind of worked out that I was only really available on Fridays when we were doing the debate stuff. So it was a very different transition to go from, like, very planned stuff to very impromptu. Sort of stuff.
1: No, I, I understand that tra- transition, too, because, like, a lot of the stuff I did in high school was uh, I would, like, read pre-written things or, like, you know, we'd have discussed the arguments for, like, weeks. And then I come into these British parliamentary rounds and I'm talking about something I heard about 15 minutes ago and that somebody just explained to me. Yeah, the the impromptu, though, I, I don't know. I feel like I handled that transition pretty well. I think it's I think it's really fun. I enjoy it.
0: I think it's really fun, too, because sometimes the struggle is, like you said, you want to make an argument that's very intuitive. But if there's just not a piece of research out there that's the support for it, what do you know? This is a very intuitive, obvious argument. It gets so tough to make those arguments.
1: Well, and, and you know, well, the one thing I get frustrated with is sometimes, you know, part of my job or what I did in high school, I'll I'll be looking for those those articles and I'm like, oh. This makes sense. Like, I could tell this to my parents who have no topic knowledge and they'd get it, but I can't find anything to cite for it. And that's, that's one thing where I appreciate it about British Parliamentary, where yeah, you don't have to worry about that. If, you, if it makes sense, it makes sense.
0: Well, yeah, I guess, I guess that's kind of the, the, the flip side of it, too. I, I always go back to my very first debate as well. Uh, I don't know if I've ever told you this, this story, but the very first de- like practice debate that was ever done— was something along the lines of this house would like not consume art made by gravely unethical actors. Mm. So if you're in a situation where it's like, you need to cite a bunch of these examples that might they might want really academic stuff, well, then I couldn't have made the argument that I made in my speech there. Because what I cited, and this just goes to show some of my interests, I cited how Michael Jackson was involved in Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Did you know that at all? No, I did not. So he he worked with Sega on making the soundtrack for that. Supposedly a bunch of it was scrubbed from the game, but the other composers will tell you, no, it really wasn't like taken out of the game. We just left it in. And so you'll hear like, wait, that song sounds really similar to one that he would go on to make later. And so then the argument that I ended up making was, are we saying that we can't con- consume this completely un- like, otherwise unrelated like piece of art because... One guy just so happened to work on it when there's this giant team of all kinds of other people who like we would be punishing for doing that.
1: Yeah, and I'm guessing there I'm guessing there wasn't a, a JSTOR PDF where you could uh, you could go and find that argument laid out in it.
0: Right. You couldn't find that I mean you could probably find a comparative sort of like, here's a similar thing. But I want to do the one that I understand. Yeah, bringing your own interest. Right, that, that's that's. I mean, that's. Why I'm doing this. I'm bringing my interest in recording to doing speech and debate stuff that we do here. That's the beauty of like being able to do your own sorts of stuff.
1: Yeah, the fl- the flexibility is nice, and I'll admit that I get to you know I get to talk about things I want to talk about instead of things I have to.
0: Mm-hmm. So let me let me then kind of transition thing about things you want to do i want to learn about you as a student so we're going to do the typical so zach what's your major
1: <laughs> um i'm an econ with math emphasis major um and then i'm also gonna i haven't actually declared this yet but i'm going to become a poli-sci major here soon i have the coursework to apply it, but i just haven't i've been too lazy so econ and poli-sci with uh, a good amount of math sprinkled in there
0: so since i since i am that Poly sidetrack i have to ask which which one of the four areas in it are you most interested in pursuing
1: either ir or comparative or international relations or comparable comparative politics um definitely not like definitely not political philosophy i've i've read some political philosophy and it puts me to sleep and domestic domestic politics is is good but i i i prefer like international relations international relations probably my favorite
0: so that uh, kind of going back to that idea that we just talked about, very intuitive, that makes sense if you're into economics because I'm the total flip side. I love English. I love, well, I love reading, although I will readily admit political theory gets a little too very long sometimes, but that's a whole separate discussion <laughs> here about how long those get. Um, but, like, that's why I went down that track because that's what's intuitive to me. Yeah. So, what is it about—international interna- relations is actually the one track that I didn't study much of anything for, so why is that one appealing to you?
1: I think—well, I think there's, like, two things. First is that there's a lot of, like, policy—like, pro- I'm a very—I I, like—I think the biggest thing that unites kind of all my interests, I like, like, policy, and I like the actual, like, going in and doing the, the dirty work of politics. Like, you know, how does the law get made? Not as much, like, why does it get made? I guess I'm also curious in the effects of things, but— I think international relations like poses a lot of interesting puzzles um, where it's like, how do you solve this really complex conflict? Or, you know, there's these competing interests that are trying to they're trying to get the same thing, but in different ways. And that like also matches up with a lot of stuff that economics does, like economics plays a, a lot of the methodology, too, is very similar and also plays a big role in crafting the theory of international relations. So it lines up with that. And also, it's just kind of again with the with the policy stuff. There's a lot of policy questions with international relations that I think are really interesting.
0: So does this mean you've been really into following the this whole Russia Ukraine oh, stuff Oh, I going on? I
1: was reading an article literally 20 minutes ago during my lecture about it because I got an Apple News update about it. Have you have you seen have you seen the new news
0: Brandon? I I don't know if I've seen that yet because I also had a lecture that I was in at 5 until 5:15 but I was in the actual discussion. Oh, I section.
1: am I am sad that my my predictions came to fruition. It appears that Russia will be making a small incursion into Ukraine into the separatist regions in the next uh, next day or two. So the separatist regions aren't the
0: I mean wouldn't those be the parts that are like I mean we kind of want to be with Russia or Well yes, but they're
1: part they're part of Ukraine. But mm-hmm. they have – and they're, like, majority, like, ethnically Ukrainian. But they have, like, Russian separatist, like, ethnic ethnic pockets that are, like – that have been in conflict with the Ukrainian government. And it got more violent the last couple of weeks. And people were wondering, like, is this the pretext Russia is going to use? And I, my theory is that Russia's not – like, Russia never probably planned to invade Ukraine. That's that's too costly. They don't want to occupy a country. That's That's a lot of work. What they've been trying to do probably is – Veto their NATO membership by opening like an active like territorial dispute because you know NATO isn't gonna let Ukraine join if you know they're fighting with Russia on the border about who owns this territory, so I It's all it's all kind of been coming together And I was I've been thinking about it a lot today because there's been a lot of news coming out about it but yes, that's that I have been tracking it very closely as you can tell by my long rant here it is the it is kind of one of those areas that I'm super interested in.
0: Yeah, I, c- I can tell that that's that's <laughs> something that we that we could have like dived into if we c- because the week before we had all those Russia Ukraine motions. Yep. But I but I I I understood that that, that wasn't really Ilya's jam, and I totally get that. Foreign policy is like it's something that I kind of study from the sidelines. It's something it's like I like to follow up with it. But I couldn't go quite into the level of depth that you yeah, have
1: here. I, I really enjoy it. And also I've just I've done a lot of like NATO Russia stuff in in my research. So I've I've gotten pretty deep into that that rabbit hole. But yeah, I would anticipate the motions to switch more to like what are we gonna do now instead of like what should we do to prevent it? Well then
0: let me also just make a like a recommendation. If it's offered at some point again in the near future, you should take Pali three thirty four, because that is specifically Russian politics.
1: Yeah, I, I saw that one. I almost took it last semester, but my schedule didn't work with it, and I had to I had to do s- stupid math and econ classes. Boo.
0: Yeah, I took it. I took it in our spring twenty twenty one. So you know, to, uh, like last this past spring before we all finally uh, got to come back to campus and actually be fully closer to being people on a campus. So. Mm-hmm. And it was an interesting, very interesting class. I wouldn't say it was the one that I was like super enthusiastic to take, but I ended up learning a lot of real fun stuff in it. I think you'd enjoy it. It's good to
1: know. Good to know. It's on. It's on my radar.
0: You'll get some of the history. You'll get some of the economics of Russia yeah. throughout uh, between the Soviet period and the the more modern period. The professor who teaches it is actually also a law professor. Hmm. So she has a whole section on how does the rule of law function in russia which is pretty fascinating uh but we don't we don't need to get into the weeds (laughs) of that right now um so let me get let me get into that econ stuff then because i also had Allie was interested is interested in economics too it seems like what she's going to be doing so why 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 economics then
1: um, this is actually it. Kind of ties into to s- some debate stuff too, is because in, in high school the reason I like I, I actually came to Madison with the intent to be an economics major, and I kind of figured this out my senior year of high school, where we would be doing these topics that are kind of like not super economically based. And I would just grav- towards tra- grav- gravitate towards making these economic arguments or, you know, st- arguments about the economy, not necessarily economic arguments, but. And then I I just had this revelation about halfway through my senior year. I'm like, this stuff, like, it makes sense to me. I enjoy talking about it. Um, and then I, like, came to Madison. I took the intro econ classes, loved them, and I haven't really looked back since. And I guess now the the one thing is I'm, I'm kind of more into, like, economics research. Um, I'm taking a research class this semester. I'm not sure if it's what I want to do for a career because it's kind of you sit in a sit in a room and you type and you look at data and then you... Run regressions and it's all the statistics and stuff, but yeah, I that's my my reaction exactly, but my, my freak out there. <laughs> I,
0: I remember doing that for poli sci the research methods, and I can, I don't understand coding. I, I like oh,
1: reading. I don't understand coding either. That's my struggle. I'm I'm gonna have fun next week when I start working with my data set. Are you using R. Uh, we use stata in economics it's this weird it's this, it's very intuitive to code with but also at the same time there's like millions of lines of code you can use still so it's it's scary yeah we used R
0: and R studio for understanding political numbers which initially was a class I was very excited to go into and then it was suddenly like code what's this what's all this about code I didn't know I'd be coding stuff in this class and also it probably didn't help that I took it in that same semester that I took the Russian politics class, so you know, imagine learning that over Zoom
1: too. Yeah, that's that's unpleasant. I at least got to do a lot of my coding work when I could, like, go into my TA's office hours and be like, "Where, where is it not working? Where on the where on the screen? Can you point me to it?"
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: they they sneak that coding in there, and basically every so so many majors now just have like a little bit of coding in them somewhere.
0: Yeah, it's it's like we're we're in an all digital world here.
1: <laughs> as we say, as we talk into our microphones with the computer right next to us.
0: Okay, yeah, but I'm <laughs> you know I only need to understand how to press a few buttons and like you know
1: flick a switch here. Yeah, you, you don't got to write the code for how the switchboard works.
0: Yeah, exactly. That that someone else already did that for me. <laughs> so you know, and i I'm not saying that's not a bad skill to have, but it's kind of like. What we say in, um, like, like some of the education majors are turning toward. You know, not everybody needs to know, like, how to do every single thing perfectly.
1: Exactly. That's that's why you hire someone to do it for you eventually.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, it's like the people... It's, I, I compare it to my dad, right? He knows how to do taxes. He doesn't know how to change oil. And that's okay.
1: Specialization of the economy.
0: Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. So I'm curious then, since since you're doing economics and i asked this to ali as well is there an economic theory that has spoken to you the most or one that fascinates you the most
1: economic theory
0: or maybe like an economic framework perhaps
1: yeah um i like modern monetary theory because i have sentimental attachment to it but just the the notion that the specifically that the united states can borrow forever it's okay I know it's not completely true, but it's a little bit true. And it's one of those things where you say it and people are like, no, you can't do that. And then you like think about it and you go into the go into the research on it. And also just the the intuitive theory of it makes a lot of sense. Like, what are the investors in the United States going to do? Like stop investing and then cause a global recession that would make them lose all their other money? No, they're going to keep giving us money. Uh, but no, that's modern monetary theory, just basically that like debt doesn't matter when it's like a big actor, like taking out the debt. Well, yeah. um, but that's that's probably my favorite.
0: Well, and you look at some of the other aspects. We control
1: our own currency. Yeah, exactly.
0: We're not like the euro where if you're France, you have you're controlled by the EU.
1: Yep. Uh, you know, we can. I mean, you look at There's the growth. Growth is always outpaced debt historically. And I mean, the U.S. has never like actually missed a debt payment. The day the day that happens is the day that modern monetary theory will collapse. But for now, I, and I, I hesitate to say this around my econ professors because I think it's kind of a a fringe topic, especially among like older professors, where they're where they think like, well, this is kind of the ridiculous like young the young people like making this crazy theory like it's probably not actually true. So I've I've. I keep that one hidden a little bit when I'm in my classes to prevent my, getting my professors all, all angry about it, but.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the new thing.
1: It's the new thing. thing. <laughs> the new thing that will eventually completely fall apart, I know, but for now, it's really fun to think about, and yeah.
0: Well, maybe maybe it'll end up being like Keynesian economics, <laughs> where people are like,
1: Keynes, he's wrong. That's That's true. You can never see the future coming. So, you
0: know. Economics is... uh, So I did take an intro to econ class, but it wasn't here because I... So in Sheboygan, we have what's called the Early College Credit Program. So what you could do for that is if you were a senior and you were like, hey, I only have like two classes during the day. That leaves me the whole ton of time. What you could do is you could sign up for classes at like our UW affiliate in that area. So at the time so they're actually affiliated with uw green bay Mm. but that meant hey guess what credits transfer over here So i got their version of intro to economics oh they're
1: they're all really similar (laughs)
0: yeah i mean i can't imagine they're too different so that's that's, I have i have a little bit of uh background in there as well are you are you more microeconomics or macroeconomics i
1: keep going between these two and I'm. I'm. Be, uh, you begin to realize, like, when you get up into the like advanced electives, they're they're like the way it's separated into 101 and 102 is is not like perfect. Um, there's some things that are cleanly micro and some that are clearly macroeconomics, but a lot of stuff is in between. Like the research I'm working on right now, it's com- complicated because it's like government policy, which but you'd think is macro, but it's government policy that affects individuals' decisions, which is micro. So it kind of like goes in between the two. I'd say. From a research standpoint, I like Macro more because it's way simpler. The micro models have like 50 different letters and they, they make my head hurt trying to read them because they're like, they, do, they have these like pages defining variables and it's just very confusing and very like theory heavy. Whereas the macro ones are like, yeah, we know these three things affect this. Let's find a really cool way to test it. Like we'll use this weird like sample that compares these two countries Or I think it's I think it's a lot neater, I think as far as what I think is actually more interesting about like the real world, I think individual decisions is more fun than like, big banking policy and stuff like that, like, I think that stuff is just not at all fun to think about, but I think that kind of like, I think the part of macro that's like, let's compare these countries and see why they're different kind of stuff is 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 very interesting.
0: Yeah, I would tend to agree with you from what I can recall from what would have been hmm, at this point, probably. No, it would have been three years ago because it was the spring of 2019 that I took that class. I recall macro being like, wow, this is way more intuitive. But you're right. Micro is just more.
1: It's so much more applicable to yourself. I see. I I felt the exact opposite way about intro, micro and macro, like intro, micro really clicked with me. But then I I started doing more of it, and it's like it stops clicking eventually. But yeah, it, I think I think there's a, a healthy dose of both is ideal. Yeah, gotta gotta everything get, everything in moderation, as my grandpa would say.
0: That's a a, a classic uh, idiom that I think is is fair to return to in this situation. Um, but you know, Zach, you're not just a debater, you're not just a student. You do things that are outside of these spaces, so. <laughs> What 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 would you say you do in your off time from those
1: off time? Um, let's see. I I'm I've been less so this year because I've been very busy. But normally I'm a very outdoorsy and like not necessarily a sports or athletic person. But I like I like doing like outdoor sporty things. Like I like hammocking. I like throwing the frisbee around. I played a lot of basketball in high school. I've kind of transitioned more to playing like outdoor volleyball. Probably. Oh, I'm very excited for it to be spring. So I can go back to playing playing sand volleyball. That's that's one of my biggest things that I'm excited for in April. It's gonna be real fun. Um, what else do I do? I think uh, I mean I like to like other other things. I like to like weight lift at the gym and stuff. But I'd say I'd say the biggest thing is just like outdoors sportsy things. So you're the biggest outlier here because you're the first
0: person on this show that I've heard be like, Ugh. yeah, I like athletic stuff. <laughs> it, it's interesting that. So I wouldn't I'd call those pretty like I mean, they're kind of typical sports, but kind of not at the same time. Like volleyball seems to be one of those sort of bubble sports where it's like it's a mainstream sport, but not a mainstream.
1: Oh, sport at everybody. The time. From, from my personal experience playing on the DeJope volleyball courts, you get every brand of person playing volleyball. And that was that was that was the thing. I didn't play volleyball in high school at all. I just because it's a winter sport. I play basketball in high school. Uh, I just walked on to the DeJobbe courts one day and was like, this looks fun. I'm going to play. And then I got really into it, and I made a lot of friends through it. It was great. So that's why I think one of the defining things of me being at college, like the now three semesters I've been here, it's just like playing volleyball and the people I've met through that. So I I wouldn't underestimate how much how big volleyball plays a part in my personality, which is a strange sentence, but still. It's it's had an impact though. It's part yes. of your.
0: It's part of something that in twenty years you're gonna say, "I remember playing volleyball
1: back in my day."
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And then you said you you did some basketball too as well. I, I've played a lot. I played basketball. I've been playing basketball since I was five. Um, I've played a lot less recently just because. You know, it's it's, I don't have this much time in college and I've been, you know, the free time I've had, I've been either like, you know, weightlifting or running or playing volleyball, mainly volleyball. I'll I'll return to it one more time. But um, I I still I still go to the gym and shoot around when I can. So when it comes to running, then,
0: too, are you more of an endurance runner or more of a like so, like, you know, long term or do you do like sprinting? See,
1: I I don't do sprinting, but I also I wouldn't say I'm a distance runner. Like I'll because I don't have the patience for it. My roommate is a is a former track and field guy, and he'll go on like you know ten mile runs, and he's like, "You should come with me." It's like I don't go over like five or six, um, but I, I mainly do it. as kind of like you know way to exercise, de stress. It's a it's, it's a nice because it's a short workout that'll really like you know, I'll, I'll get tired and I'll, I'll all the endorphins will go in my brain. I I think I don't. Know, I, that's another reason I'm looking forward to spring.
0: See the problem for me with running was it was never like that I would get tired. I mean, yeah, I would get tired because
1: that's it, kind of, that's the point,
0: right? That's the point. But it, it was always like, you know, I I I was given the curse of having asthma as well, like oh. a lot of the rest of my family. So it was it was always the the breathing at the end of it. Yeah. Did you ever have to do the mile run?
1: Oh yes, I, I used to be incredibly out of shape actually in. My my mile run time is almost half what it was in like elementary school. So I, I despised the mile run. And now now I kind of look back on that and I'm like, oh, that was really funny. But <laughs> yeah, I've I did have to do the mile.
0: My the the mile run for me was always a tough one. Again, not because I wouldn't necessarily I mean, again, yeah, you get tired, but it was always just because <laughs> I can't <laughs> be the thing out here. So uh I uh it's it's good to know that you know not everybody has had to go through that that challenging experience of being like out of breath at the end but yeah
1: it's it's funny cuz i when i was in high school like my debate partner was also like the guy who would go to basketball he was like he, we played on the same basketball team and we did a lot of the same like sports things and it's been weird to come to madison where like i think a lot a lot more of the debates wsds here is is like less athletic than the people i was used to in high school so now i've become the outlier where like on our team, we used to kind of make fun of the one person who didn't, like, play a winter sport because we would all be going to our practices after debate practice and be like, ha, 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 you're not, like, playing a sport or something. But now I'm the one where they're like, oh, you're going to the gym? You 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 jock. like." What was your winter sport then? Uh, winter sport was basketball for me in, in, in high school.
0: Yeah, I guess I should have seen that coming because I was like, oh, that's the indoor sport.
1: Yeah. I used to play soccer and baseball too, but then – not not particularly good at either of those. See, my winter sport,
0: uh I was a bowler.
1: Bowling. Oh, yes. Love bowling. Uh
0: so I take it then you had a lot of fun at our our big gathering last semester then? I
1: very much did. I also I also lobbied for the for the for bowling as our activity.
0: I want Okay, I would have bowled, but I was like Sigh. I wish I had my actual because I've never because I I'll readily admit. I know I Compared to
1: my parents and compared to my sibling,
0: uh, I probably
1: like bowling the least of the four of us. I I understand that. Both my parents, they did club bowling in college and through their 20s.
0: Well, okay, my parents both went to Wichita State University, which— Am I um, I missing something here? (laughs) That's a bowling college. Okay, okay. (laughs) So they went there specifically because it was a really good bowling school. In fact, that's how they met is because they both bowled. So that was a big part of their identity. (laughs) So naturally, that meant that had to be a part of Brandon's identity. Um, And I mean, you know, I like it. It's fun. I'm I'm pretty good at it. I haven't bowled like actually a lot in a few years, but I would not want to do it nearly as much as they like doing it.
1: No, that makes sense.
0: So and then my summer sport, I was also I was a golfer.
1: Golfing? I, I am not a golfer. I struggle on the what what what, what do you call the the course, or like what do you it, the like the the, the greens the, the. You struggle at putting. No, not even that. I was just like, there's got to be a, a uh, not even a like you know you'd say like on the court or something, but it's, it's I guess it's on the course. I well, don't.
0: well, you have your driving, and ideally <laughs> you want to hit it in the fairway.
1: Yes, I I'm. What else? I, I'm pretty good at mini golf.
0: Mini golf, that's that's a, a nice variation. It's a really good practice for your putting because then you get into some really weird situations that you wouldn't see on the course.
1: See, but you asked me to hit a ball more than 15 feet. It's, it's not happening.
0: So when it comes to driving, you know, when you know, when you have the driver, the experience for me, and I'm going to try to describe it because you can actually see me do this motion, but it would be like, you know, at first it looks like it's going straight and then, you know, it wouldn't quite do a 90-degree turn. But it would do like a gradual, like almost like a uh, a a squircle sort of. If you combined a square and a circle, and you got that perfect curve, way off to the right, like just a perfect slice every single time. See,
1: I understand that. I've dabbled in frisbee golf in my time. Actually, during twenty twenty, during like the like the first stages of the pandemic, during lockdowns, I would pl- I pl- start got really into frisbee golf because it was something I could do with my friends and could go out and be safe and socially distanced and like do something together. Um, so I, I understand the slice. I've put my sh- no, share of discs in the lake.
0: <laughs> See, yeah, and that's funny because my dad also really liked frisbee golf. So I've I've had some of that experience too. But for me, it's always been a lot more. oh, well, there goes that golf ball. I'll never <laughs> be able to find that one
1: again. I would always I would always wade into the the pond or the lake to try and retrieve it. Really? Well, the discs are more expensive than golf balls. True. And I don't know, I only had like a few at the start and then I was like, uh, do, do, do I go down to 3? Do I really risk it? I only got one more driver left." Yeah,
0: and then and they're all like different are they different sizes Oh yeah, too?
1: there's such diversity. That that was something I learned. Just one of my friends, he's like a basically like a pro frisbee golf player. Or I guess he's all No, he's a, he's a pro. He's made money now. Um and he we would play with him and he would have these bags of just 20, 30 Forty discs, and you look at them; they all have like different like specifications on them about like what they're supposed to do. And then I learned like you know a certain shape will make it go like a certain pattern. It's just absolutely insanity. Well, and that's just like
0: in bowling. So you know, in my family, I have the few fewest bowling balls. I have four, which is probably way more than most people I'll have. The average
1: the average Americans probably got like less than one.
0: Yeah, they've they maybe have one. Yeah. Uh, just for comparison, uh, my sister has like a dozen at this point, Uh, which to most people probably sounds crazy, but among actual those circles, that's like, oh, you know, that's typical. So, (laughs) and similar thing. They all have, you know, you have your plastic balls for your spares, and those are just the balls where wherever you you throw it, it's going to go. So that's what you see when you actually pick up a house ball at the bowling alley. It's a plastic ball. Then you have your urethane ball, and that's kind of in the middle between that a plastic and a resin ball. And so a resin ball, if you throw it, it's got this, like, weird, it's got, they all have different cores in the middle. And what that's going to do is it's going to change the way that the ball hooks on the lane. So it'll hit a certain point, and then ideally it'll, like, rapidly turn right into the pocket, which is the term for, if you're a lefty, the one pin and the two pin. And if you're a righty, then the one pin and the three
1: pin. Yeah, I know what the pocket is. My parents taught me one thing about bowling, it's that aim for the pocket.
0: Well, you know, I have to be descriptive here for the people listening <laughs> who don't necessarily... Yeah,
1: wh- whoever thought they were coming here for a speech and debate podcast, this has turned into the bowling hour. Yeah, suddenly this has turned into a sports podcast, <laughs> which is a
0: very nice change of pace. <laughs> uh, what about, what if you weren't doing sports? What what would I find you doing?
1: Oh, this is actually an interesting question because I actually know the answer. Uh, I was a very... I'll, I'll not to brag on myself, but I was a very talented professional or a, a young bass player, um, like orchestral, like string bass, the big the big one you see in the back of the orchestra. Um, and I played that from third grade. Why? Well, I, I still play it. But I, I was I was like very invo- involved with third grade through basically 11th grade, so junior year of high school. Um, and I was like, I was one in the top orchestra. I was the section leader. I went all state freshman and sophomore years before I decided I didn't want to do it anymore. And also part of that reason, it all comes back to debate is I, I realized like, I I liked doing debate as an activity a lot more than it. And I was like, if my hobby that won't be my career is more enjoyable than this other hobby, which I think I could parlay into a career, then like, maybe I don't really want to be doing this with my life. And so I uh, I, I kind of got less involved like my senior year of high school, and I haven't really done much at Madison with it. But if I wasn't doing sports, actually, well, I was doing sports and this. But if I wasn't doing sports, I probably would have been doing more stuff with music. Interesting. Yeah, that one's that one's one where a lot of my like friends at Madison that I've even my like very close friends all like mention that and they'll be like what?
0: Well, and that's exactly why I I wanna I wanna have this section. I mean, we've been talking for about forty minutes here, and now it's like. I have probably learned ten times as many things about you than that's I have many
1: many many random factoids.
0: Right, things that I like had no idea about before. Like you know, I didn't know how big of an athlete you were until <laughs> about ten I, minutes okay. ago.
1: I'm not that big of an athlete. I'm more of a casual sports person now. I don't think I was ever that big of an athlete, but I do I do enjoy a good day uh, a good day at the at the courts.
0: You're an outdoorsman.
1: That's that's true. I'm a I'm a man of the wild. Do you camp? Oh, my, I camp a lot. Uh, my dad and I, we don't stay in hotels, we camp. Every summer we go on, like, road trips and stuff. Um, one thing, he does this weird thing called high pointing, where he goes to the high, he's trying to go to the highest point in every state of, of the U.S. He's got, like, 43 at this point. But as you can imagine, we go to some weird places doing weird road trips. So i have I've been to 47 of the states.
0: Have you ever done any geocaching?
1: I, I haven't done geocaching, but I've, like, I've seen people doing geocaching, and I know that my my situation with traveling everywhere would be very good for geocaching.
0: I'll readily admit, I don't actually know what geocaching entails. <laughs> I just know that there is, that a teacher I had was really into geocaching, so.
1: I've, I've seen people very into geocaching, and I don't know if it would appeal to me.
0: I don't know. I, I It's like I, you,
1: you find a like thing at a place and then you leave something and then you go find another. That's that's my understanding of geocaching.
0: It's like going on an adventure, it sounds like.
1: Yes. Well, I I just I just go on the adventure minus the geocaching.
0: You go on the adventure. You you, you enjoy the journey. You don't care about the treasure at the end.
1: I mean, the view from the top of the mountains is pretty nice, but <laughs> Well, that's true.
0: I mean, you you want to have a little bit of that treasure, but it, it wasn't the main reason you went there, yes, maybe. Yes. That's true. Well, I don't know, Zach. Is there anything else you wanna share about yourself that you might be int- might be interesting to the audience that I haven't picked up on yet?
1: Honestly, I don't know. Not really. All I'm, right. I'm a I'm a I'm a man of few interesting things. Well, I don't, uh, besides, besides, besides the ones I already shared. Okay,
0: well, I, I guess that's, that, I would say, then, is a more fair description. I would call you a pretty interesting person based on, again, all the things that we just <laughs> talked about for this extended period. Perhaps
1: that wasn't the best descriptor.
0: Well, I mean, you know, I it's very easy to say things in a self-deprecating way. I, I do that unintentionally, too.
1: Oh, wait, hold on. I'm going to share my favorite TV show. Ooh, okay. Actually, I'll share my favorite. Okay, I have, I have three favorite TV shows, and I feel like they represent interests pretty well. I've got... And these aren't actually okay. My favorite TV show is New Girl because I think it's just a really great TV show. I watched that thing like eight to ten times all the way through. I can quote it almost every episode. Other one would be The West Wing, which makes econ poli sci West Wing makes makes a lot of sense. And then third would be I really like Star Wars. Big Star Wars guy. So and I people hype up the Mandalorian. It's it's that good. I really enjoy that show. Mandalorian is incredible.
0: Well, and it's funny that you picked up on that too, because I remember again on a recent episode being like, you know, I've noticed I haven't seen it doesn't seem like a lot of people are interested in TV anymore.
1: Oh, I TV is a is a thing that I do to relax myself. Like I during the school year, I try and stay off of social media, so like I like delete Instagram. Basically, the only one I have is Snapchat, which is just for communication with people. So, but like that, a lot of that time gets transitioned into uh, into like watching TV.
0: So that's been one of the troubles I've had because I. So last semester when I took 355, there was always a ritual we would have at the start of our our. Well, they were lab sections, but they're more like discussions in a way. You'd be like, "So, what did everyone watch over the weekend?" I don't watch a lot of TV, so now I feel like I gotta watch some more TV. So
1: I I see I watch a lot of TV, but not many TV shows. So if they'd asked me that question every week, I would have given like I would have repeated my answers pretty frequently. I've been like, oh yeah, I rewatched this season of this TV show. And they're like, didn't you, didn't you do that two months ago? And I've been like, yes, I did.
0: Well, that's not a bad thing to have
1: an oldie but goodie that you
0: love so much. Oh, but
1: they're all they're all oldies and they're all goodies.
0: Well, I mean, it's like me. I I I will. I have played. hmm, Let's see, which one do I want to share here? There's <laughs> one game that I mean, it's it's pretty short. You can beat it in about two hours if you try hard enough. Well, maybe more like four or five. I've probably played it through forty times.
1: Okay, okay. Hot take. Or no, hot take from you. Minecraft, yay or nay? Nay. Okay. You don't, there are no.
0: I, I'm not, okay. okay, I'm
1: not a gamer. I don't have a strong opinion on this. I was just curious.
0: No, that's okay. Because like I
1: get very polarized opinions from the people I talk to about this. So the
0: reason I'm nay about it is I, okay, so there are two reasons. One, it was like the thing in middle school, where it's just like you couldn't escape it. You know, nowadays, it's probably, well, what am I saying? Nowadays, if you were to go into that same middle school setting, everyone's probably wearing an Among Us shirt. So, but, you know, for our, our generation in the 2011s, 2012s, 13s, those are all the Minecraft kids. That's true. So part of it was just the oversaturation of it, where it's just like, I can't... A little keep burnt hearing. out. Yeah, I can't hear about this every single day. As far as the game itself, the problem for me was very simple. There was no goal. Yeah. So it's like, I could be dropped in this world, and it's like, well, what am I supposed to do? You okay. gotta make your
1: own goals.
0: Yeah, well, I, okay, I that's fine. I, but i like I like some kind of direction. Like, you know, I, okay, I got all this dirt. I have, <laughs> I have 64 blocks of dirt. What do I do with it?
1: To, to, to build the mud hut.
0: Okay, well, now I'm just gonna try to build it. Like, you don't have any, uh, you don't You have zero spelled out for you. I'm not saying you have to have everything spelled out for you, but part of it, admittedly, you know, like today, I I, I need to make this apparently a recurring segment on the show, uh, talking about the shirt that I'm wearing <laughs> for whatever reason. Today I'm wearing my Star Fox shirt. If you know anything about Star Fox, it's a rail shooter. So and what a rail shooter is, see, so you, uh, okay, you've got the nod, you follow a linear path. It's literally set out for you, where you have to shoot the enemies. I like things where it's like, I can get to the end and then I've I've beaten it. Yeah. So that, that that was my mind why Minecraft didn't appeal to me back in the day. I was just like, I have no
1: idea what I'm doing here. Okay. That was that was my question about about video games. I I don't know much more. I'm not much of a gamer.
0: Well, that, that that's okay.
1: I, you know that well, but I My gamer friends just have very polarized opinions about Minecraft.
0: Well, but I'm just saying we can relate in the sense that it's like you've seen a show through 8 or 10 times. There are probably some games that have played through eight or ten times and could say a similar... The the,
1: the comfort food of entertainment.
0: Yes, you need to have those things that you come back to, like, enough and go, ah, I feel good now. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, so this week we don't have any tournament results. Normally in the middle here I'd like to, like, splice in, okay, here's some happy fun time results to talk about. But we're not going to have
1: that Had an an uneventful weekend last weekend.
0: No, yeah, there are no there are no tournaments of which to speak. Uh but we do have a motion here. Do you, do you wanna tell
1: Oh you you can read it off.
0: Okay. Well, I was gonna ask you if you wanna tell the background of how we chose oh, yeah. the motion today.
1: Today's motion was just one that I was sad we didn't get to debate on Friday. Um, because we did, you know, we did a a mini round and we did the what was it, the the the, the, the when the people choose the, striking. the motion. The striking, yeah. And this was one of the motions that um Brand, I was debating against Brandon, and Brandon and Sophie struck this one. I was sad. So, okay, I. I think it's fun.
0: So I'll admit, I, I more so let because I wasn't entirely opposed to tackling this house with legalized duels. That was more so Sophie's choice because what (laughs) Sophie's choice. (laughs) Well, because what she told me (laughs) is that she so she judged at the Alaska tournament. And that was one of the ones they tackled. And she said that it ended up being a train wreck. So okay. I was like, okay, I, I'm going to trust Sophie's judgment on it. I, the, the first one that we struck off was more the one that I was like, yeah, I don't really want to do this one. But because I am a gracious host, I was yes. like, okay, Zach, we can do this house with legalized duels today.
1: That's what I like to hear. Okay, the main reason I wanted to do this one is just because like I think the concept of dueling is, is cool. Just, just, that, that, that's, that's it. Full stop. Really? So, you, you think, okay,
0: so, you think it's cool to like, I've been slighted, I will
1: shoot you. Okay, okay, not like you took my parking spot, right? (laughs) Like, no, like, if we apply some economic modeling to this, the, the marginal benefit you get from risking your life for a parking spot isn't worth the cost, or, well, I guess, of, of risking your life for it, but... I think that if people duelled over important like things, things that are worth dueling for, I think that'd be awesome.
0: Okay, well, hold on, Zach. So uh, I I told this to you earlier, but our fine coach AJ sent out this link, this blog from the well, library. What were of some Congress.
1: of the what were some of the reasons that it listed for for dueling? Yeah,
0: so I'm going I'm going to uh, read this little bit here. This is um, the 16th article from the Code of Honor. Uh, or Ooh. the 39 articles with an appendix showing the whole manner in which the duel is to be conducted <laughs> with amusing anecdotes illustrative of dueling to which is prefixed a dissertation on the origin and a progress of the duello. I feel, like by you needed a to, I feel
1: like you need to read that in a British accent. Oh yeah,
0: I should have, re- I should have read it as prefix. The, the code of honor. <laughs> um, well, then maybe. Uh, so here's here's the the 16th article. Should a gentleman strike another for a verbal offense, he can afterward require no apology for such offense. But should the blow be returned, and he be injured or overpowered in the contest, an appeal will lie to the duel. So, um, I don't know...
1: I mean, so that yes. means if you get into a fight and you lose, you can basically do a do a Supreme Court appeal to just shooting them?
0: Well, the way I'm reading it is basically just, let's say someone, you know, calls you, uh, like you said, a verbal offense. So a they, verbal offense. Yeah, so they, they say they
1: something. They say my shoes are ugly.
0: Yeah, your shoes are ugly. And then, you know, the person who's been insulted can afterward, you know, like in the, in the cartoons, you, you would see them fancily pull off their glove and smack the other person. Oh, yes. So so you can you can do—I just know that because I was, that's a, a Looney Tunes <laughs> gag, and I love Looney Tunes. You know, you can do that, and you can require no— like, you, you don't have to apologize for doing that. But if the person who insulted you that you just slapped or whatever returns and fights back, and, you know, you get injured— you the, now it's up to a duel. Yeah, you can apparently. you can
1: escalate it.
0: Yes, yes. So okay. Uh, I don't know Zach. I'm just saying. I feel like that's pretty comparable to you took my parking spot here. Okay, saying, okay.
1: No, 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 no. Well, that's the thing though is that in that case you wouldn't be. I I don't think. I think that people are more rational than we give them credit for, and I think in that case then, you know, probably you're not going to be like, yeah, let's, let's like, kill each other over this, this glove slap, all right? But I also think that, like, people do, like, shoot each other or, like, murder each other over stupid stuff all the time. And I think, like, part of the reason that I thought that it wouldn't be the worst motion is kind of, I think a duel is a lot less bad to get caught in, the, like, the crossfire of because it's more, like, controlled. Whereas, like, you know, you read these, st- this, is, this is a little, little, Weird, but, like, you read these stories about, like, essentially people who are caught in the crossfires of conflict. And I don't mean, like, you know, like, two nations fighting with each other. I mean, like, somebody's mad at their business partner for, like, stealing their patent or something. And they go and they, like, shoot them. But, like, in the process of doing that, they also, like, shoot their spouse or something. And, like, there's, you know, if it's a duel, that's not going to happen. Now... There is the whole thing about how, you know, if duels are now illegal, maybe more people will do things like this. But I also think that, I don't know, people don't want to risk their lives. So,
0: okay, so I guess I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step back. I'm going to ask then, because I should have started with Caziri. Since, since you seem to be on the government side of this I- issue, what is the problem that legalizing duels solves?
1: I guess, okay, first of all, I'm going to retract my, my government status. <laughs> okay. In reality... I know that duels are not good. In reality, but, 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 hear me out. (laughs) But hear me out, okay? (laughs) In reality, I know they're not good, but I do think that there would be some situations where they'd be useful. And I think you could, like, the, the specific thing I'm highlighting solving is, like, the idea that, you know, people get caught in the crossfires of conflicts they're not in. Specifically violent conflicts. And dueling is a way to kind of, like, put that violence into a controlled manner that only involves the people in the conflict.
0: So you want to minimize the collateral
1: damage. Exactly. That's actually a much better way to phrase it.
0: You, you want to say, okay, we're going to, we're going to put these two people shooting out in the open and therefore, you know, no one who's not involved. Yeah. yeah. We're going to
1: clear a nice log field, you know, (laughs) maybe do it in a public park. Oh, I guess. No, not in a public park. I take that backyard. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I guess there might be rules on this, but well,
0: according to do you have to do
1: it in a public space?
0: Uh, well, let's see. According to this, first we have to we have to say there there is there are certain elements that distinguish a duel from just like a normal fight here. Yeah. So this is this is they, there are rules, which is why this thirty nine uh, <laughs> articles exists, um, and it's supposed to be it's supposed to be honorable and among Hmm. men of equal social standing. Ah, yes. Only men can duel. (laughs) Well, yes, first up, because this was probably written in the... 1700s? Or the 18... Here it is, 1847. Oh, that's surprisingly late. Uh, I I mean, obviously, men, because this is the 1840s, and the people at the time didn't consider women to be equal, which is silly. (laughs) Um, But I think the, the real important element here is of equal social standing. Yeah,
1: like, so So, what you're telling me is that, uh like, a p- poor person can't just challenge, like, Warren Buffett to a duel, and if they win, they take all his assets, like...
0: Th- According to these rules, he could not. Okay. So, I don't know if it would... act. So, okay, I would assume that in this world, we would probably reject these 39 rules in the modern age.
1: Yeah, I think... I think AJ mainly posted that as more of a joke, but... I think that, you know, some of them would be applicable. Like you gotta have rules. You gotta have it like it this is not just like a, a gunfight on the street, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm oh, mm-hmm. one one argument against this would maybe dueling might become a sport.
0: Yeah, exactly that's that's one of the issues I have oh, with this no. is, do we do we want to normalize shooting <laughs> yeah. each other?
1: Well, Uta, you're not normalizing. It's just legal. Okay, but if you have that okay, but it's
0: kinda like So ironically, this is going to be in, I'm going to take an argument that I find very persuasive on other issues and now apply it to this and show how it's a bad argument. But maybe that just goes to show that all arguments shouldn't be used on all issues. But it's sort of like um, the argument against prohibition, right? Or like against the drug war where it's like, well, you know, I would much rather have people buying alcohol publicly and on the up and up and with things that are regulated than have it happening underground so i mean sure maybe yeah maybe there are some duels still happening that we don't know about. Well, i think
1: okay i think the problem is there are duels happening now but like the difference the difference between a legal duel and an illegal duel like the outcome is still the same somebody's dead whereas like the illegal and like the licit and illicit use of like drugs or alcohol there is a huge difference because like Like, legalized alcohol is rarely killing people, but, like, you mess up how you brewed it, and all of a sudden you've, like, made a neurotoxin. I I guess alcohol might not be the best example, but, like, other drugs or something like that. Whereas, like, you know, in a duel, there's not much that changes between when you shoot somebody in the public square and in their own home, like...
0: Yeah, I'm just, I'm not sure where the line is drawn between a duel and a murder here, either.
1: Yeah, I think that would be something where in this debate the Gov would have to like clarify. Well, like, you know, they'd have to make their own rules of the duel.
0: Well, and let's look at some of the, another, some of these rules here. So there is actually a diagram of the field of battle. Oh. Which is really just to say a fancy, oh my goodness, there's an exact term for this, but like, you know, a a fancy way of showing an X and Y axis on a graph. Mm -hmm. uh, Because they just have on here that sort of setup where you have, the, the P-axis, yeah. and then you have the S-axis. So the, the how do they describe it? What's the
1: P-axis?
0: Uh, I'm trying to see. The S stands for secondary on here. I'm trying to figure out what, oh, the P, so that's the principles. As
1: in, uh, I don't know what. Oh, no, I totally know this. It's that you have a backup in a duel. Oh, okay. I, okay, I do know a little about dueling from, from Hamilton. From so, the from the musical. So hold
0: on, what you're saying here is this might not just be a disagreement between two people. Now you have to well, get an well, unrelated okay, party involved. Well, okay, okay, okay. I
1: think no, it's not unrelated. It's like you're, it's like you're, it's like that's like, like the best man at your wedding. You know, it's like your 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 best your best buddy. Your day one, you get involved, and they normally don't actually like shoot each other. They're just there to like make sure you don't cheat. I think if if I'm remembering correctly, but I think we could also change the rules of dueling to not involve them because I think. Adding extra people to this, A, makes it just, no, I'm not, I'm not, this isn't too complex. I can't handle this. But also because, you know, I think it's a little silly.
0: Okay, well, that's, well, that's good. Here's a rule. Actually, I think this might be one rule in the world of legalized duels that I would say we actually should keep from these 39 rules. Rule number 28. After the duel, apply no recriminating or disparaging language toward your late antagonist.
1: Oh, see, so you, you can't go up to him and be like, what's up now?
0: <laughs> if you cannot speak respectfully <laughs> of him, speak not of him at all. You called him out to render your satisfaction, and after granting you the rendezvous, if you didn't hit him,
1: you should have stayed in your place and not come into my <laughs> mall parking spot.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, what this is saying is just, hey, you know, if you killed him, don't don't stamp on his grave here. Yeah. Um. And but I think that that last line is pretty important too here, where it's like you know, if he didn't hit him, that just means you're a bad shot.
1: Yeah, he's uh, he's already already lost uh already lost his pride. So are also you... wait, would this mandate? Would this mean like you know, I would have to be so scared of insulting people that if i wanted to be at all like aggressive with a random stranger i would have to learn how to like carry and learn how to shoot a gun
0: well keep in mind zach you have to be of the same class oh yeah
1: i'll just pretend to be either super super rich or super super poor and then this will never be a problem
0: well but then how are you gonna be able to tell which people are of the same class or
1: i exactly i don't (laughs) want them to be of the same class i'll just avoid dueling entirely
0: well but what i'm saying is you know people will I would think everybody thinks just like you here in this scenario, where it's like I want to pretend I'm super rich, or I'm going to pretend I'm super poor, so that I don't have to be subject to this. But then everybody's going to be going around looking like that. This, so how do you prove it?
1: This—that's oh, true. The government's going to start issuing proof of <laughs> class status. Oh, okay, you're right. This is this is becoming much more complicated. Okay, now I'm kind of glad because I would have had to been gob on this topic, and I would have just been up here talking about spillover effects and collateral damage, and then been like. Well, to implement this, we need a registry of who, what your income is. We're
0: gonna add to driver's licenses your um, average yearly income. No,
1: not even that. I think I think it would just be like a dueling status.
0: Oh, so it'd be like middle class.
1: Exactly. Yeah, or like they'd rank you one to ten, and like you can only duel with people that are within like two of you. Oh, okay. That'd well, be that'd be neat, but also at the same time, like, <laughs> I don't kind know. of ridiculous.
0: Well, I don't, hmm, I don't know. I feel like. I feel like that kind of has its own to borrow from the economics terms, its own externalities as well. Yes. Where start it's lying like,
1: to your lying to the government about your your income and try and try and try and get yourself into a different class so you can fight your neighbor who's been stealing your uh, stealing your propane.
0: Well, not even just that. I'm just thinking. Mm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put on my 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 liberal hat here, <laughs> um, and by which I mean like the the social liberalism here. Is this going to be I think there could be some some racial problems here with that too.
1: Yeah, probably. So, I I mean, yeah. I think I think it could also get used politically as kind of a political weapon. Also, wait. I think there would also need to be a rule that like politicians can't duel each other. <laughs> cuz then cuz then any any election that somebody cared enough about would just be I think I can beat you in a duel. I want your senate seat.
0: Could you imagine how last year would have went oh if my.
1: duels were legal? Two 80-year-old two men just sitting on the White House lawn fumbling at like a... Also, wait, there's got to be a standardized, like, weapon that is used, too. Like, what happens if I bring, like, an AK-47 and you bring, like, a 6-iron? Like, obviously, I'm going to win. Okay, so I'm glad you brought that up because that actually
0: brings me to another question. It, should the If we're going to legalize duels, are we legalizing the, specifically these gun duels or should they be sword duels Yo. or
1: like how specific should Knife you get fight here? knife fight
0: <laughs> no 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 you can't okay that,
1: it's gotta that, be a, it's gotta be a classy fight I forgot
0: that reminds that always brings me back to uh <laughs> so um one of my friends did special occasion speaking in the forensics circuit when when I was in high school mm-hmm. he did a, this hilarious speech so the the way that that category works is you're given a, a different types of scenarios that you might have to give a speech for So he did, like, a a PTA speech, and he was a motivational speaker for it, and he had this whole acronym of, like, ways to, to curb aggression, because apparently the PTA, like, didn't really like each other. I'm trying to remember. This is, like, ooh, it would have been my freshman year of high school, so this is probably seven years now, which makes me feel very old. But I digress. And the last, the last... Element in his acronym was, was K. Knife fights are never the answer. <laughs> so in this world, I mean, he's I, wrong I think, but not wrong.
1: I think you could specify it to, like, sword and gun duels and then just be like, these these classes of weapons are allowed for this. And I think I think you could still impose some forms of, like, you know, restrictions on gun ownership. Like, obviously, I think, first of all, most important thing, age restrictions on who can duel. I'd say no one under 21 can duel.
0: Well, I'd sure hope no one under twenty one could duel. I was like, if, you, if,
1: you can't, if you can't drink, you're not dueling.
0: Is there? Is there? Are there going to be practice fields for this? Like, is there going to be at the gun range? There's going to be. And there's going to be new sort of. Um, what's the word for them? new like lanes set up
1: that are? Oh, I'm not even. I'm not thinking gun range. I'm thinking like VR. Oh. VR dueling. Oh, actually, you know what? Hmm. Wait. Okay. I think I think I think virtual dueling. I think virtual dueling undermines the core concept of this this motion. Like if you you were the gov team and you're like, all the duels will be virtual. Then like, what's the point of them? Like, I, I can virtually duel my friends right now.
0: Yeah, I could I could, you know, I could if he said something that I was like, Zach, I can't believe you said this to
1: me." Get on get on get on Fortnite and let's one v one like.
0: Exactly. <laughs> right. It, I mean, it's sort of like the uh the, 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 the you know, a joke that like teachers would say, "Bike racks after school." But in this case it's Zach, Mario Kart now."
1: Yeah, I think okay, virtual dueling is not the case, but that's that's why I was I was thinking I'm like there's all these all these kinds of duels you could do. But that's like the only reasonable form of duel is we're gonna do a pretend duel. Yeah, but then it's not a duel. Yeah. It's a pretend duel. I don't know. I what are other what about like a drag race? A drag race. <laughs> we're really we're, stretching the definition of dueling. Well here. now we're just thinking of the competitions that you could parlay into uh, a <laughs> I, I win, you lose, you suck.
0: Yes. So well, and that's kind of the problem here, is it's really just a matter of you're a bad
1: person here. I don't like you. Well, it's it's that and pride, you know. Yeah. Which if we go back to the original text, it's definitely a gentleman's fight over pride is the is the intended purpose of, of what duels were.
0: Well, it's honorable.
1: It's honor. It's all about must, your must honor. I must defend my honor.
0: Well, and let's let's put this into context about the kinds of honorable people here. <laughs> you know, let's let's say that you've been challenged to a duel here. Um you know, by your fellow gentlemen, and you didn't take it. I mean, I could have, you can just attack them then with your whip or your cane that you have Oof, on you. Yeah. right? Because people nowadays totally carry whips and canes. Okay, well, some people carry canes because they need them to stand.
1: <laughs> yes, but I, I think it's less of a, I don't know, but enough people just carry a, oh, but if they carry a gun, then you might as well have just dueled them. Like This well, is, I, okay. Look, this is why I said at the beginning. I don't think I actually support this. I think it would have been fun to to feign support for. Clearly I don't want a world where bar fights also, hmm, there's also got to be like a sobriety restriction on it. Like you've got to you, like it's got to be like same like consent restrictions cuz how are you supposed to duel if you're both wasted out of your minds? So many people would just be shooting each other in bars, that'd be so bad.
0: Yeah, you you really don't want uh, that happening here. But like, okay, let's let's I think this little paragraph here in this Library of Congress article raises actually a legitimate form of academic inquiry here about this, which is, um, you know, you can't avoid a duel by apologizing. Well that's specifically one of the rules is you can't be like, I'm sorry, I don't want to do this anymore or sue them. You can't sue them to get out of a duel. Hmm. So
1: I think I think that lawyers everywhere. So sad.
0: That might be that might be one of the clashes in here is about um, behavior. Yeah, this is really an argument about behavior.
1: It would make us behave better at the price of just a couple extra people dying a year.
0: Yeah, you know, because America doesn't already have enough gun deaths. Ugh.
1: I'm I'm more, I would I would be more fun. I think the f- best argument you could make for the the government team that I just thought of, based on that last piece of information you gave me, is the idea that. It would, it's good to legalize duels because less people would sue each other, which would give us less lawyers in the world. Oh, jeez. That- and lawyers are bad, as we all know, as debaters. Yep, yep,
0: exactly. I'm guaranteed there's nobody in the organization who wants to become a lawyer.
1: Nobody. Not even myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think it's more of a, an argument where you're like, well, I know I'm bad, and I know you're. You know you're bad. So let's just all agree that this thing is a bad thing and it's good that we don't have it.
0: Yeah, I mean, OK, I think we've generally come to the conclusion that regardless, we don't want dueling to come back.
1: No. Um, Virtual dueling.
0: Virt- yeah, I mean, you
1: know. I, I, Biden, you know what I expect next year? I expect a government-supported dueling platform I, that can be used as a dispute mechanism.
0: I, I, I want government funding going to Sony and Microsoft to develop. They're uh, cross-platform. Oh my goodness! Do you know how, how much worse I would make console wars. Oh then? god! Oh, that'd be terrible. Yeah, let's let's keep the government out of that arena. Yeah, let's let's not have <laughs> let's not have anything happening that Man, can hurt if, if,
1: if AJ saw this after what he sent in the thing, he's like, "How did you get from the or 1847 rules of dueling to Microsoft and Sony?" <laughs> competing over government subsidies of virtual reality <laughs> technology
0: well because we're trying to figure out the okay
1: the optimal dueling
0: if dueling had to come back what would be the only optimal way for that to happen and the only optimal way is for it to actually not come back in reality
1: i don't know drag races all i'm saying
0: well but not everybody knows how to drive a drag racing car Zach. Well, you
1: could just use your regular car
0: Okay, but not every.
1: Okay, then it's, then it's mm. just then it's just a competition. Who has the best car? This is then that's kind of just silly.
0: There are no ways in which. Th- okay, the problems with this is there's no. Then way- you can just you can do it with similar class people,
1: similar classes, similar access to vehicles. Bam.
0: Well, there you go. You keep that rule going.
1: But You're now, right. I, <laughs> you know, just create a caste system. It'll solve everything. I didn't even think about that. You're raising.
0: This is like making a caste <laughs> system too. Like we're. I mean, you know. I, okay. You know this. This is uh, this is not good. There's so there's so many problems with yes. this idea. I I, I want to give the government side credency. Like I think there has to be a good argument for oh, this. Otherwise, they wouldn't make it. We've an highlighted
1: motion. a couple like behavior, like the spillover effect of like violence on other people would be minimized. But I think on netlow, like it's just gonna be so many more people are gonna be doing this. Like just just more people. It's gonna be easier to get into a like if it's legal. People are gonna think it's okay to go dual. And then also there's all these random, like, how do you even do this, if, like, effects.
0: Okay, so I, because I want to give the government its fair shake here, I want to talk about behavior, but I just thought of this question that I want to ask before it, like, leaves my mind. So how do you think this would work in this age of political polarization that
1: we're in? I don't think that Democrats and Republicans would just shoot each other. I think perhaps extremists who already were were prone to doing violent things might but I'm not sure, like, how much more it would cause them to do it.
0: So you don't think violence would actually increase if I think, this were I think enacted, it, like, political mm, violence? I don't
1: think political violence.
0: Well, uh, I guess I could see that because this is supposed to be between two people, whereas most political violence seems to be between I was between about to say, groups. what are you going to
1: do? Like, there's this one guy at a protest that's annoying, you're going to be like, I'm going to duel you.
0: Yeah, I maybe?
1: guess— Maybe? I don't think it would be common, and I also think that, like, politicians would, like— They don't want to get shot. Like they don't they 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 probably discourage that as a use for it, which would, you know, denormalize it essentially.
0: Yeah. Okay. Hopefully. so, So then let's actually talk about behavior. Why would this improve people's
1: behavior? Because like, okay, think about it this way. I'm at the bar. I don't want to risk insulting your shoes. Because, you know, if I if I'm like, Brandon, your shoes suck. And then you're like, oh, yeah? Yeah. And then you, like, slap me. Like, my own, like... Or I guess I... You don't want to get into an escalating conflict with someone because it risks going to a duel. Right? Which, you know, I don't want to do. I So I, I avoid the conflict altogether. However, it's tough to think of scenarios that aren't very trivial for that. I guess... It, it, like, discourages people from maybe, like, you know, stealing from their friends or doing stuff like... I, I think you would need more, like, concrete examples of bad things that are, like, actually significant. Um, but I think I think, I think think dueling could have a use in, like, make, preventing people from doing things that would warrant a duel. Kind of a deterrent of, of, of some effect.
0: So it kind of reminds me... It's almost like making a more personal way of how, like, you'll have, like, people who are really religious be, like, when they're asked, to. Well, well why, don't, well, why don't you do this really bad thing? And they're like, well, because God tells me not to. This yeah, is sort of like a more
1: practical version of that. Yes, it's because I don't want to get shot.
0: Well, and I would call that the ultimate sort of, like, reason I wouldn't want to do something yeah. bad.
1: And I, I think, I think, but the... Then it becomes this whole thing, like, where is the equilibrium point? Where does it... Where, like, what? at what point are people willing to engage in a duel? And then you're constantly having to worry about that. I think that's a, like... That's the that's the counter to this argument. It's like, do we really want people constantly policing their behavior, scared that if they like step on that cobweb in the corner, somebody's gonna emerge from it and be like, "You just, you just violated my sovereignty as an individual. I'm gonna shoot you." But we have to remember, according to the
0: rules, you have to, the other party has to accept the duel in the first place.
1: Uh yeah, that's true. But it's like, I think even just the 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 risk or threat of doing it would discourage people.
0: Well, and not even that, I think, I think that if, like, you probably would have people who are super duel happy in the sense that they're like, anything goes wrong, I'm going to duel you now. And now we fight! Right, but then, you know, uh, okay, maybe this is getting sort of slippery slopey, but it's like, well, what do you do? And and you say, no, I don't want to duel you. Do you think that person that is super duel happy is just going to not do anything about it?
1: Maybe. Maybe they want to duel somebody else. Who knows? I that this is why I think that like a certain population of people would just like be dueling a lot and then a certain population wouldn't. I think that the dynamics of this hypothetical world with dueling are very curious.
0: Ooh, I just had a, I just had a thought. What if all duels had to be done? What if they were all paintball duels?
1: There we go. Actually, mm, what about like BB guns?
0: BB guns, I was thinking... You can impose
1: a little more pain on your opponent, get some more satisfaction. Well, my initial
0: thought was going to be, well, what if we did it sort of like they do in movies with, like, you know, blanks, so to speak? Where they make the noise, but it's not an, oh, it's not an actual bullet oh, no, in there?
1: I've got it. Have you ever seen those slap contests?
0: I am... I'm not... I, I don't think so.
1: Okay, but it's, it's essentially, like, um... It's essentially... How do I explain it? It's just like a pain contest, basically, where, like, they'll stand there, and they'll just be like this, and there's rules about, like, how you can move your arm, but then you just, like, slap the person across from you, and then they slap you back.
0: And that's how you—so, but how do you objectively measure who's won
1: that? Um, it's whoever, like, gives up first. Oh, so you keep slapping each other until you can't anymore? Yeah. Huh. Or or when you want to stop, right? Hmm.
0: Okay, so I'm glad we've identified these because maybe this suggests that Look at there like
1: these, are there's alternatives.
0: Like there's there are alternatives that don't involve killing people. Yes.
1: So, but I think I think based on this motion, the debate we would have had would have been about like like the cowboy duels.
0: Yeah, I think I think you know, in the moment of we have 15 minutes to prepare about this, we probably would have stayed in the the lane of gun. We're going to shoot each other with guns, like you said, like a cowboy would. Yeah. So I think it can maybe, s- maybe
1: swords, maybe, maybe, maybe swords. swords.
0: So I think you can kind of see why Sophie is like, no, this is going to be a train wreck if we do this.
1: Yeah, I can. I can understand. I also think I don't know why you guys struck it, because you guys would have had the better position of being on the opposition.
0: Well, that's true. You that is a good point. We would have had a lot. We would have had, a lot, you had a, lot, a, lot of, a
1: lot of ammo to work with.
0: Uh, <laughs> you would have gone into the prep room and been like,
1: what, what if we just what if we just challenged them to a duel instead of this debate round?
0: Well, I mean, you guys didn't have. Well, I guess you did have pens on you or whatever. You know, they say the pen is mightier than the
1: sword. Boom, boom. What about what about like the revolving like like shotgun though or something like?
0: Oh, like do it like Russian roulette sort of deal here?
1: Ooh, that that'd be interesting too. Imagine like doing a duel, but only like some of the like shots actually fire.
0: Oh, that could that could be an interesting sort of sister motion to this. This house would legalize Russian roulette. Okay,
1: that one's just there's no purpose to a Russian roulette, though.
0: Well, I guess that's true. There's there there is no practical consideration just, just there. Silly. Yeah. Oh well. I mean, it's a risk versus reward sort of deal. What's the, the reward? Is I didn't die. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't die, mom. It's the most extreme form of gambling.
1: Yeah, well, but they can game oh, okay. No, we're not we're not getting into this Russian roulette. We
0: don't need to go into gambling. It it just feels like it's appropriate because it's also about a gun, I guess. That's I guess, yeah. So, uh hmm. hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Do you, so, would you okay. So, I think we both went into the, went into this realizing that this is that um dueling is a bad idea. Oh.
1: Definitely, I think I think Sophie was also right. Like we we introduced a lot of complexities that I mean maybe it would have been fine for a half round, but I think for a full round you're gonna get all these like, you know maybe the opposition introduces the virtual dueling. Like if any one of these ideas was kind of like sprinkled into the debate, kind of nuke it nukes the whole rest of it. Where you're like, well this one thing now matters more than everything else, but it's ridiculous.
0: Right, you're you're kind of ta- it feels like it's one that's very easy to take away the spirit of the motion. Yeah. So uh, you know, I don't know. I think it would, have been, it would have been
1: fun for a little bit, probably.
0: Well, but you know, the the best part about it, I think we had a lot of fun here talking about it.
1: That's true. It's it's fun. It's a good dinner conversation.
0: That is a great way of describing it. It's a good. <laughs> I think it's a good dinner conversation. I don't know if it's a good debate motion.
1: Yeah, the the back and forth nature made it a made it a little better. The kind of like seven to seven to seven minute speeches might have been a little tricky to get that.
0: Well, but see, I guess that kind of gets to my 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 one question here that's remaining still, which is so clearly the fact that it was even suggested as a motion suggests that the, the, there's a particular term for it that we talked about at the, the, uh, debate, like training session that one Saturday, like the, the chief adjudicators, I think that's the term. think it's a legit motion. Like you could debate it, but I don't, I'm not as convinced.
1: I think you could. I don't think, I think it's, I mean, I've seen worse like we've 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 done worse before but i think i think there's way better options
0: yeah i mean i it's kind of
1: kind of i'd say it's in the bottom 25% of motions
0: it's kind of like when uh um i i, I love the guy but i i'm still not over this during the final debate of our first semester we were, we did the this house would i can't remember the exact terminology but it's like santa's elves need a union we did we did a oh, holiday themed you did themed the union one, one? yeah And then the Prime Minister in that round was basically like, Santa is a slave driver. And I was all prepared to give this great argument about, like, you know, union okay, well to be fair, I had to do the anti union position, but like that's that's an issue that's an issue that I
1: love following is union. Yeah, yeah. So, union that would be a good debate about unions, but in this very strange abstract context.
0: Right. But instead now we're talking about is Santa does Santa enslave the elves? I don't know. It's the North Pole. This doesn't exist. And then it ended up turning into this conversation where I was like the reason that the elves shouldn't unionize is because if I'm to believe the government situation, a union
1: won't solve the problem at all. I was gonna say the union would just entrench the problem as like a as a system, right? Yeah. Like, like if, if, if like slaves unionize, that doesn't mean they're not slaves anymore. That means that they're now like entrenched in an even deeper like system of it. That's harder to like escape because there's now an institution upholding it.
0: Right? They don't they don't need a
1: union. They need a slave rebellion. I was, I was about to say yeah. They they need to rebel. Yeah, they
0: need to overthrow or, uh, or, Santa.
1: Or labor laws like
0: it's it's I think that's a I think that issue is kind of prevalent in this yes. dueling debate too. You could, you could
1: make a ridiculous argument that turns the debate on its head.
0: Now fortunately I I would think, based on how this started, that the opening government wouldn't do that. No. I don't think I think I think it could devolve. Yes. It seems like one that's very easy to devolve.
1: So. Which is probably why it was good that Sophie struck it. <laughs>
0: yes, but again, we had fun talking about this here.
1: Yes, it was. A, it's a good. It's a good idea. Good concept.
0: It's a good idea. Tough to execute in BP.
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed.
0: Well, I don't know, Zach. Is there anything additional that you want to share on this tonight? Are there any angles that we haven't looked at this from yet?
1: I don't know. We've kind of exhausted them all. We've put on all the hats. All
0: right. Well, uh, I think this is. You know, the, this was a very a very lively discussion. This is probably <laughs> the one where uh, we talked over each other the most, but I think it's actually, you know, n- I mean, I I always do my recording best practices with my guests beforehand, but in this case, I think it worked out great. There was, a, it was a,
1: a lot of back and forth on this this very strange topic that well, we we somehow knew a lot about, I guess. Well, this is kind of one where we needed it, and I mean,
0: I only knew more about this because we just so happened to have this article here. Usually, I mean, I very pre- much appreciate that we send these articles out in the Discord. I usually don't read them, but since I I... I New on Friday, I was like, "Well, I know Zach wanted to talk about this motion. I should probably read this just for the sake of maybe having a little more knowledge on it." Um, it kind of it kind of helped here to give some of that that context on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, I think I think in this case our are kind of talking over each other in some instances is going to make this just be a more entertaining discussion. <laughs> like, on Friday, I'm going to remind everyone, hey, make sure you listen to the, the election special episode that's coming up next week, but...
1: You can also, you can also remind them to go back and listen to a 35-minute Discord on uh, on on guns and the duels. The I forgot the name.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I, I will very heavily promote this episode because this is... this. This is very different from the rest of the ones that I've done so far, and that it was a lot more just pure back and forth. But I think this one is going to be very, very entertaining.
1: It so. will be a banger.
0: No, yeah, there you go. <laughs> ah, I love it when we can have nice puns here to end up. <laughs> um, but uh, see, now I'm trying to come up with a pun to like transition to my ending thing here. But I can't come up with anything. <laughs> um, you know, we do have various links in our description here, we have this Facebook page, which will probably have an image about this episode on it. We have a, t- uh, a Twitter page. We have an Instagram page. Here, here, Here is the tie-in, where you might see uh, a bunch of shots going out, except they're pictures. They're not actually you know, gunshots. <laughs> and then we also have uh, the YouTube page, which well, probably just has a couple of public videos, but they're still fun little public videos that are out there uh, that we've put out. But uh, yeah, I think I think that closes out this episode here. All right, well then, thank you everybody for listening in. It's this this has been a uh, a great pleasure. Good night, everyone.